Hey, dealmakers, and welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. Let's do this. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. Our guest today is Jared Glant. He's the president of Grant Cardone Enterprises, and he's been Grant's right-hand man for 12 years. So today we're going to look under the hood and what it's like to basically be the right-hand man and how Grant runs his business. Fascinating, as you will find. Before we get into it, I want to do a shout out to Jail Thomas, who left us a review on Amazon for The Yellow Book. This book is a great read. It's truly designed to encourage people to take action today. I feel more confident moving forward in my commercial real estate endeavors. Thank you for sharing inside tips I appreciate that, JL. Thanks so much. If you haven't already, check out the yellow book. It's called Financial Freedom with Real Estate, just like this podcast is. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. I'd love to shout that out and get some feedback on how we can make the show better as well. I want to do a success highlight. Anyone who's done a deal that we've helped do a deal, his name is Teddy Mullman, closed 60 units in Iowa, valued at $5 million dollars. He was working with mentor Barry, Barry Flavin, so congrats, Teddy, on that. If you are interested in doing your first deal, you want to remove some of the risk and avoid some of the mistakes and get there faster, check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. The way it works is you just send out, complete a short application, set up a call with us, and we can explore if mentoring is right for you. I want to bring in our co-host now, Garrett Lynch. Garrett, what's going on? What's up, Michael? So we recently sent you to NMHC, rather, you went there yourself. And so the question is, you know, what is that event? Why and why should people go there? And, and the other question is, what kind of events should syndicators or aspiring syndicators go to each year? Yeah, so that, that event I really love. It's, uh, it's basically an opportunity for you to get together with other owners, debt providers, and brokers in the market. And they're all in one place. So I, we brought out our acquisitions associate and made the introduction to all the brokers in, in a couple of days, essentially. Whereas that can be a difficult task to achieve by just going into a market, trying to get their time, going to go drive to meet them. So there is, there's an inherent benefit of proximity by going to these types of events. And that's true for any event. And each one has its own level of benefit so like if you go to Michael's event, Dealmaker Live, you're going to get in touch with people that are doing deals actively, people that are just getting started. You're going to have capital raisers. You have really all walks of life that are that are there comprised of putting deals together. And so you have, you have that dynamic going at, at that event specifically and other syndication events similar that are different than an event like NMHC where it's mostly brokers on the debt and the deal side. So that's a great way to meet brokers and to meet some of the lenders. And then you have some of the events like Deer Make Alive. I know Joe Farrell's got Best Ever. That's a great conference. And Dan Hanford has as well. These are all great places to not only learn, but meet potential joint ventures. Either give you access to deals or gives you access to capital as well. So look out for those and put them in your calendar and make some plans to attend some of those as well. So Jared Glant is our guest today. He's basically president of Grant Cardone Enterprises, runs the entire educational side for Grant Cardone. He's been there for, well, 12 years. And when he joined, the company had $2 million in, in revenue. And now it's up to nine figures, which is crazy. Grant has scaled that business 
And, you know, Jared has been part of that. He's actually been a major force in, in translating Grant's vision into reality. He serves as a host of the Young Hustlers podcast, and he talks about topics from sales and marketing to money and entrepreneurship for aspiring young entrepreneurs, he himself not being that old. And so he's got extensive knowledge of the industry. And what we want to talk to him about is what's it like to work with Grant? You know, how do they do some of the things and how does that translate into, into scaling your multifamily business as well? Let's get right into the interview with Jared Glent. Jared, welcome to the show today. It's so great to be here. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. So you've been working with Grant Cardone for a long while, 10, 12 years or so, but I'm curious, how did you meet? It's actually an interesting story. I was kind of in a moment, a transitional moment in my life where I was like having to figure everything out, you know, that moment where you're like, I can't be a young kid and go out and just party every weekend. And I like need to get a career in line. And, and so I was kind of in this moment and my dad had sent me a YouTube link for a guy. And I'd heard the name Grant before because I'd come from kind of sales roles in the past. And so I'd heard the name before, but never really looked into him. Because he was dad, a sales trainer back in the day, right? He was, yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah. how the business started, you know, was just going around doing sales seminars. And so clicked on the link, went on to YouTube. This was in 2010. So he had about 22 or 23 YouTube videos on his page. <laughs> I smoked through them all and was like, I got to go work for this guy. It was like, I, I got to go work for this guy. And so that's how it all started. I, I called the office every day for a month and a half until they interviewed me. And then- Did you really? Yeah. Every day you're- uh-huh. There's Jared again. Jeez. What are we going to do with this guy? There were, there, were, there were three people. There were like, there was two full-time people, two part-time people. And I knew them all and they knew me. So- That's funny. Are you, are you normally a driven guy, Jared? Or is that unusual for you? Or was that like normal behavior? When you want something, you just go, good, you get it. Yeah. You know, I think, I think people have an innate power inside of them to get what they want when they have high intention and focus. And it's just a matter of what circumstances are happening around you that will open that up and allow you to really run after something. Cause when people get really focused in discipline and doing the right thing, moving towards a target, they usually get what they want. And so for me, it was just like, I was in a moment. It was like, this is time. It's time now. And so there was no other option. Just burn the ships. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, so they hired you, but it's just you stopped calling them. But how did the relationship? Uh, how do you, I mean, you're, you're you're essentially his right hand man now. I don't. Did he hire you that way from day one? No, uh, I was. Know, I was. What, there was. What yeah, there was another guy that was that was kind of like the manager at the time. There was a uh, uh, a guy that was doing like sales slash customer service that used to be his like landscape guy, and then there was a guy that was running the website. There was somebody in accounting too. She was an interest. She was a character, but it was started. I was like, get hired as a sales guy. And, and I showed up and I'm answering the phone. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm kind of a receptionist too. And, you know, I'm making all these lists to, to go out and start cold calling, which I had never really done before. I said that I did that, but I just did it face to face. So I could see somebody never done it over the phone before. It's totally different. And I'm making my list, you know, I hadn't met Grant yet. You know, I I met him in passing once for three seconds, but he wouldn't have remembered me. And so I'm making my notes and then he walks in and like, I came in from behind me. I felt this, like this shift in energy in the room and I turned over 
And uh, it looked at him and he goes, who are you? And I said, my name, <laughs> my name's Jared. I'm, I'm, I'm new. I'm working in sales for you. And he goes, what are you doing? And I'm, I was so proud of it at the time. Cause you know, there was no CRM or any, I'm like I've gone through, I'm making a list of all the prospects that we have based on our thing. And he, and I'm like, so proud of this list. I'm like flipping pages. He's like, Hey, and I said, what? He goes, I'm not paying you to make a list. Pick up that <laughs> effing phone. <laughs> so that was like my first real, like meeting interaction with grant yeah so that's welcome well exactly right so obviously that motivated you you know yeah Other people I'm, I'm like, gone, okay you know. it's game time like this is the big leagues i guess this is things things roll different in this area so what do you what do you do now what's your capacity in the organization president of the company i oversee basically revenue generation strategy marketing sales on which side because grant's got several several companies yeah, so he's got so, a training educational company and then he's got a real estate company. Yeah. So Grant Cardone Enterprises is the sort of like the, the hub, the mothership, mm. the brand. The brand that we built is really the thing that's facilitating everything that you see. Like, like our partnership with Cardone Ventures, that business went from zero to, they did 80 million last year, 39 months in business. It was because of the brand. So like, lesson in this is get known and, and people have their opinions about grant the 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 more on a personal level people know grant the better they filter what they see but all of that is done for a reason it's done to get attention and because of that attention we've built a big audience a strong audience and then that audience and attention is able to be converted into opportunity and so like our our ventures business is is an example of that we bought a health business in November of 2021. It was doing 200 grand a month when we bought it. They're about four and a half million a month now. Obviously, Cardone Capital came out of that. You know, they've raised a billion dollars on Instagram because of brand and awareness. And so there's been a lot of amazing things that have been able to, to be built off of the brand. Let's reverse engineer that just a little bit. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and my company is, was was similar. It started with the educational training company, kind of where Grant did. He was a lot of sales training, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where people first learned of him was through training. And then he built up this brand and he he became more and more known. And that is then parlayed into actual raising capital and real estate and ventures and that. And I think coming from the multifamily investing syndication world, sometimes well, most of the time, people kind of get it backwards, right? They're like, oh, we're in the capital raising. And, and so they back into the kind of the, the branding. I'm not saying it's wrong, right? If you want to do an apartment building deal, you should raise money for it. But I think if you want to scale, and certainly Grant has to a large degree, is that that brand, that visibility is so critical to scale because otherwise you're you're limited. Maybe you can talk about how he parlayed that because I don't know, well, maybe he is well, a visionary. I think, I, think, I think what's important to, to understand, Michael, is that that the way that we did it and it's sounding like the way you did it as well it gives you the luxury of writing your own playbook on how things are going to work and what i mean by that is you know our business like the 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 education business was viable like the education business was making money the education business was growing the education business is what grant was using like we'd make money over here, he'd pay everybody out, he'd take his distributions from it and go invest all of it in real estate. And it was that over time that put him in a position where when it came time to being like to, to launching Cardone Capital and the funds, 
he got to dictate basically how he wanted to play that game. Because the truth is, is, is when he started Cardone Capital, he already had maybe 1,800 units, 2,000 mm-hmm. units that he owned on his own. And the business kept making more money. So he would have just kept doing yeah. his thing, buying his own deals, not having any outside investors. When I started investing with him 10 years ago, literally the only people invested with him were his sisters, his brother, and his mother-in-law. And so, and he didn't want to raise money because he didn't want to deal with investors. And so it was the vehicle that created the revenue that allowed him to get into a position where when it came time to go, hey, you know, maybe we should start a fund and maybe we should raise money. He got to do it on his own terms and say, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it. He's told a story about a guy early on who wrote him a check for 25 million bucks, a pretty sizable check to get for, for somebody to invest in a deal. And, and he's like, you know, Hey, look, here's, here's how this thing rolls. I make the decisions. I make the calls. I make everything. And so, you know, the guy sent, he's okay, well, I'll send, you know, send you the check. He sends a guy down with the check who's, you know, spends three quarters of a day there, you know, ripping apart everything about the business. And then on the way out, he gives him the check back and he goes, you can give that back to your, to your guy. Cause th- this isn't going to work. And, <laughs> right. and so, and again, it's like being in that position where you don't need the thing that that you're asking for, you don't need it. It's always like the hardest person to sell is the person who doesn't need to make a decision. When there's no urgency to make a move, those are sometimes the hardest people to close because they're like, I'm good with or without it. Like you got to do something really compelling for me to say, yes, I'm going to move. On that note, so you guys have grown, you guys kind of surpass a lot of people in the industry. Most, I mean, you guys have reached a level where, you know, there's jets, there, you know, there's, there's just, a ton of exposure, way more than so many inside of, of the different businesses that you guys are in. What do you think got you guys to that level? Is this this level that you're at is different? Yeah, than I most. mean, you know, the pilot of the plane, the guy flying, you know, Grant, the guy in the in the executive's chair, the guy that's that's calling the shots. Just we've come to to learn this this saying called divine discontentment, and it's always like this insatiable thing of like of growth but really it's not for for the the money or the material things for grant it's about this this pursuit of his potential and when things happen that grow and expand him as a person his potential grows and and so for him it's like can i do this like can i do that next big thing if it was about money, he would have stopped the education. The education business is a lot of work compared to real estate. So he would have given that up a long time ago if it was about the money. He would have just been a real estate investor and sat back and, you know, he's 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 set. But it's this pursuit. Michael says that all the I time. I have no idea way. what you're talking about. Go but go on. <laughs> yeah. So and, and I'll tell you who I'll tell you who who we got this word from. We did an interview with a fellow named Kevin Turner. And most people probably don't know the name, but this guy was hired and worked as a direct report with Sam Walton. He worked directly for Sam Walton. He helped build out the first management information technology system for inventory and operations at the time with a small little company out of Silicon Valley called Microsoft. He helped co-author their first enterprise agreement with Walmart. After his tenure at Walmart, 
with Sam Walton. He was hired directly by Bill Gates. He became the COO of Microsoft. He started as a cashier at Walmart, by the way. Worked directly for, for Bill Gates. For 15 years, he was the COO of Microsoft. From there, Ken Griffin hired him at Citadel. And he worked directly for Ken Griffin. And so this guy's worked with some of the most like insane entrepreneurs in the world. He's actually going to be speaking at our, our event next week because his story is so fascinating. But Grant asked him, he said, what are the, I mean, you're talking about titans of business that you've gotten to work directly with. What is the thing that drives them? And he goes, you know, they have this thing, this divine discontentment with their current status. And it's like this desire to just chase this pursuit of what's possible. And for no other reason than just to, can I do it? And, you know, Grant's also a very purpose-driven person. So he's got you know, he's raised hundreds of millions of dollars for charity. We have a foundation. We give back a ton to inner city youth, underprivileged communities where kids don't have information about business entrepreneurship, financial literacy, and all that stuff. So all that stuff becomes more possible the bigger you get. If you want to work with a full-time syndicator to help you get up to speed faster, get your first deal done this year, and scale your portfolio so you can quit your job, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. It's the only program out there that actually guarantees results. That's right. We actually guarantee that you do your first deal in the first year. Otherwise, we'll keep working with you. And set up a, a strategy session call and explore whether it's right for you. It's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. Now, how do you deal with someone like Grant, right? I mean, he's got a little ego, but he's got an even bigger vision, right? So, you know, I'm a little bit of a visionary. I got great ideas all day long, right? And so how do you put up with that, right? Because it's very difficult, well, impossible for you to say, oh, every time Grant has a great idea, there's no way you can execute on it. So how do you counteract the visionary from actually getting stuff done? Yeah, I mean, I think Grant and I have an interesting relationship. I'm not a yes person by any means. But I've earned that right over time because of results. Like you just look back, you're like, hey, when we started, the company was doing $1.9 million a year. Enterprise value of the company is three and a half billion today. So it's like a lot of things happen right along the way to get me in a position to where I can, I can share ideas. I can have a, a debate with him about what's right or wrong. You know, but at the end of the day, we have a saying is like, if we're going to be wrong, we're going to be grant wrong. And so when he <laughs> sets his mind to doing something, it's like, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to play all out. And, and Grant's like, if we're going to be wrong, I just want to know it was because I was wrong. And, and he's willing to admit it too. Like, that's another thing is he's, you know, the first one to say, yeah, well, that didn't work. He'll come in and he'll be like, this page is terrible or this email is terrible. I can't believe it's God awful. What are you guys thinking with this? Da, 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 da. Grant, that was and your then, idea. You wrote that email. No, and then I'll just, I'll just let him get it all out. And then I'll go, it's the best performing page that we've had in the last three months. Oh, okay, great. Well, let's do more of that. You know, I was wrong. You know, so, so, you know, for, for us to work together, you know, Grant stays out of mechanics you know, he's a visionary. I see the business from a little bit of a different lens because I'm more in the weeds of it. I see how the plumbing works. I see what goes on, what's required to get things done to move them around. So there's a balance of not wanting to stifle the create, but also make sure that you're you're using the visionary to be most efficient in achieving the goal that's most important for the organization. And, and it's not, it's something that works with everything that we're doing. And it's not something that, 
that distracts. It's like, yeah, we could go mm-hmm. do that over there. And yeah, maybe we can make five or $6 million. But what we're trying to do right now is we're trying to lean over here because this supports a hundred million dollar vertical in the business. And so then it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's trying to, to direct some of that, but you know, the answer for us and why we've continued to grow is to Garrett's point is because we just keep adding people, you know, well, like adding, 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 adding people. I mean, we are in a syndication business. Once you've done a, a few deals, you realize that this is a team sport and you have to, you have to hire people. You have to partner with people. The question is now it raises the complexity. A lot of people think, oh, this is, I'm just going to me, I'm just going to invest some in some, but it's actually not. It's a team sport. How do you hold people accountable? What is your culture for holding people accountable? Yeah. I mean, you know, when you think about accountability, it's like if somebody gets fired, it should never be a surprise. If somebody is going into a campaign or a promotion or a launch or whatever, everybody should have very clear expectations of what's required of them. Statistics need to be reported on a daily basis. The more important the statistic the 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 more urgency that's attached to the event, the more frequently statistics need to be managed. So numbers are a thing that we're all over in our business. Numbers don't lie, people do. And so what we do is we focus on measuring the thing that can be measured and then managing the people to influence the numbers. And, you know, so for us, it's the culture is about grow. The culture is about push. It's about opportunity. There's a lot of people working for us, making big money. And it's work. And so some people are not cut out for the environment that we operate in, but they pretty much self-select out. You know, they're like, this is too intense, too much for me. But then on the other hand, you know, we pay over market in almost every role. And because we do that, we have high expectations. So it's like overpay your people and then have really high expectations for them rather than consistently being let down by them because you pay them an average an average earning but you have above average expectations for them so it's like you know i got guys that are making four or five six hundred grand a year that can't go anywhere else and make that kind of money you know and because of that we have you know expectations we most of the office right now in the sales department and in the marketing department We've basically been working the last four weeks straight, and we're going to continue that through the end of next week with our big event because we had a big promotion that we launched towards the end of the year. And it's just been an all hands on deck thing, customer service, sales, marketing, all through seven days a week, any hours of the night, getting stuff built, getting it turned around. And everybody's excited, you know, despite that. Yeah. So on that note, actually, what would you say is like, how do you communicate that to your people? Like, Hey guys, we're working overtime and and have them be okay with it versus like the work life balance situation. Right. Cause you see that. Yeah. Too. I mean, you know, we, first of all, again, it's clarity of communication and expectations that are set out in the beginning are always the easiest thing to manage and to enforce and to hold people accountable to it's when things are surprised that there's a problem. But, you know, we tell them and, you know, everybody's going to get a little, we'll, we'll kick everybody a bonus, uh, just a discretionary bonus after this, because it was a big team effort and everybody pushed on it real hard. But, you know, at the, at the same time too, like, like we expect people to perform at a high level. Like we tell them, I mean, I guess what, I guess the answer to your question, Garrett, is just communication. Every single day we run, we run a tight ship and that's really Sherry, our COO. She's like, 
where I'm focused on revenue, marketing, sales, strategy, she's focused on the operations of the business. And so, so she's the one that's making sure that people... SOPs are created and people know their jobs and people show up for this on time. And when so-and-so has a problem over there, you know, it, it gets handled. But we do morning meetings every day where we're celebrating the successes of our clients in our business. Client successes and testimonials are life-changing. Like people are making more money. They're able to provide for their families at a greater level. Like they're really powerful stories that we share every single day. And so there's an intrinsic benefit for a lot of the people that work with us in doing the work that we do outside and above and beyond just a paycheck. They get to see stories of transformation and they get to be a part of an environment where we say, you should make money and we're going to give you an opportunity to make money. An example, Grant's assistant makes, I think her salary is like maybe 6,500 bucks a month or seven grand a month. She made $214,000 last year. How'd she do that? Because we gave her an opportunity. Like Grant's like, it's more important that when somebody reaches out to me, you sell them something, than you go and get me a cup of coffee. Like you handle the one thing, don't worry about the coffee. If, if you're talking to somebody about money and, and somebody's saying, go get Grant the coffee, they'll find somebody else. Yeah. What do you think is more important, Jared? People or process? People. Because if you have great processes with terrible people, then it all starts with people. People are everything, you know? People, people are the thing that grow your business. You need both, but you know, you can have great people and bad processes. And, and in my mind, you can still, you can still build something successful. You guys, I mean, grew up with obviously great sales and marketing. I mean, that's what Grant Cardone is known for. And then you are parlayed that into other ventures, specifically multifamily and real estate. How did you apply some of those principles of marketing and sales to Cardone Capital? I know you're not running that company, but you obviously see what's going on. How did you take the best practices you've had in the educational training company to raising literally billions of dollars. What can the syndicator who wants to scale learn from how you guys have scaled the capital side? Just watch. We don't spend any money. Literally the only money that that's spent on Cardone Capital for advertising is an ad on CNBC. And that's really not designed to convert. It's designed for awareness so that when Grant has... Wall Street legend, multi-multi-billionaire, uh, Grant's on the phone with him and the guy says, yeah, I hear your ad on the radio every day. I mean, it's really, that's what it's for. It's because now they know who he is. Because the people that are listening to CNBC in the morning on Sirius are the people that are running the, the biggest institutions in the world. And so outside of that, all it is, is just organic. So I wouldn't tell you that that that's the way that it's going to work for everybody because we have an audience. We built an audience first. We monetized while we built an audience through the education business. So I would just look at how Grant promotes today. You have to figure building the audience out. And that's where you, you know, you got to be active on social media. You know, you have to try to create some way to, to reach out and build a list. That's when you start getting more into the marketing piece. How do you create lead magnets, magnets, free front ends, you know, anything you can do to start building a list and then being on social platforms and using them in a way where you can actually grow an audience like TikTok or Instagram reels or YouTube shorts. But being everywhere all the time on social is, is really the way that all of that starts. It doesn't start with an ad or a funnel. It starts with you getting comfortable, creating content, 
you figuring out how platforms work. Because at the end of the day, social media platforms are a vehicle for people to get what they want, which is information. And so you just have to go out and create every piece of information about real estate, about syndication, about when's a good time to buy, about what markets are working and what markets aren't, about what's happening with debt, about what's happening with the economy, what's going on with inflation, how all that ties back together to multifamily. I mean, there's 50 videos that you have just in that little that little spat there. So that is how we approach marketing. We think about topics. We think about interests. We think about what are people searching for? And then we go out and we say, we're going to go own the real estate out there for that with content. And anybody that's blowing up in the real estate space right now is because they're doing podcasts, is because they're they're creating a ton of content, very value heavy. So that it's like, and people think that this is some like, if I give them all the secrets, they're just going to go do it on your own. No, they're not. Nobody executes. You're going you're gonna to tell them how to go start a fund, how to raise money. You're going to go tell them how to do all this stuff. And then you know what they're going to do? They're going to be like, man, I tried to do it on my own. It was tough. Can I just invest with you? Exactly right. So where do you see, uh, where do you see everything going? Like what's, what's the vision here? Like paint us a picture. Where do you, where do you think Grant and you are taking the companies? Yeah. So we're going to have a big, a big push this year into real estate education it's sort of been a, a side hustle for us in our business, the education part of it. I own real estate education under the, the training company. And so we'll build out that this year uh, to be much more robust than what it currently is. The bigger vision for the company is acquisition and partnerships of companies. We're working on this now. We've, we, we're, we own or are partners in 26 companies now. These are all companies that have come up through our business education programs. They know our, our business operating system, our process. And so we're working into targeted verticals where we're going to consolidate businesses and then go take a package to a private equity company and, and, and sell it and have a big score for everybody. So instead of two to three X for a small business owner, they can roll with us and get you know two or three times that. So everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do when you create this much opportunity. Jared, how can people connect with you? Uh, best way is just first name and last name at Jared Glant. If you guys put it somewhere, then, you know, most people will be able to find put me it. online somewhere. So that's awesome. Been great to have you and look under the, under the hood for your, your Grant Cardone company. It's awesome. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. I appreciate the time. I'm just amazed at how Grant has scaled so much, right? You know, there's, there's in the syndication, also almost the training business, but let's, let's talk about a syndication business, Cardone Capital. There's Grant, okay? And then there's everybody else. You know, we like to consider ourselves being up there, but I don't know how much he raised, Garrett. About a billion? I don't know. Crazy. Like, with a B. Yeah, we raised yeah. millions with an M, which is very nice. But he has raised billions with a B. And so this guy has literally... In the syndication world, I mean, just I wouldn't say just he's so far up in the stratosphere, and being able to talk to to Jared and you know who's basically his task is to kind of you know to implement his vision is amazing. Yeah, I, I'm always blown away by how how many levels above everyone. <laughs> There's always the, the next level. The Cardone, yeah, the, <laughs> the Cardone. I mean, I was just coming back from NMHC, and we were at a private airport and I saw three of his planes like sitting three. sitting like three jets all next to each other the 10x on there I'm like that is wild man that's that's what's possible in this business which which is super cool and I think you know it, and I touched on this before a little bit but it, it goes back to just their uh saying of divine discontentment that was that was pretty cool 
they're just never satisfied with where they're at. They're always pushing, always thinking bigger. And I personally have met Grant Cardone. And the first thing I noticed about meeting him and talking with him for a while was, was just, he just thinks so much bigger than everyone. When he, he got this, the problems he's solving are like insanely higher than, than a lot of people. And that's really true with anyone. When you get to, when you, anyone that's solving the biggest problems is the most, are the most successful people out there. So it's really cool to see someone get to that level and, and, you know, to strive to, to be at that level. Yeah, we, we interviewed Grant a couple of years ago and I, you know, this discontentment, I think it, it may be the wrong word, honestly, because discontentment has a negative connotation a little bit. I think it has, yeah. I, I think, I think he has ambition. You know, everybody has the same hours in the day. Okay. What do you do with those hours? Well, if you can achieve more, reach a higher level potential without sacrificing your work-life balance, why not just do it? If you can hire a bunch of people to do the work you used to do and you can do something else and you're preserving your life balance, why not do more? That's kind of what I think, you know. Now, if if my work, my life balance now goes to goes to crap because I keep doing more and more and more, that's a separate problem. Well, and we're, what he mentioned was, you know, the the amount that they've scaled is, is directly proportionate to the people that they've hired and the quality of people that they've hired, and so, you know, that that whole scenario with the people that you're bringing into the mix and and you're leveraging your time through really good employees. I think as you grow, that that becomes more and more important. I mean, we're we're in a really cool phase in our business right now. Where we've gotten we've increased our staff at Nighthawk Equity by seventy five percent in a year with really really good people, and I'm already seeing the the impacts of that on my on my personal life. So stretching yourself too thin, you can only go so far as a, as an individual. You need that rock star team behind you to really push you into the next stratosphere. Yeah, it's interesting how synergistic two business are from Grant. I see the same thing. And we will teach you how to do your first apartment building deal and quit your job. And that's what we do. We check out our mentoring program. We talk, mentioned that earlier as well. We really have something for everyone. We're going to show you how to do your first deal, how to quit your job, and then how to scale that to a thousand units. We, we now have training and, and mentoring programs along each of those. Just check it out to michaelblank.com forward slash mentor. But as, as Jared says, you know, if you don't want to do that, you're like, man, this is pretty cool. You're teaching me all this, how to analyze deals, find markets, really cool. But you know what? I don't want to, you know, then just invest with us as well. Our investment company is called Nighthawk Equity. It's at nighthawkequity.com. Just click the join button to join our investor club and have a conversation with us. Garrett and the, and the team are always looking for new opportunities. In fact, we have one on a contract right now. We have now Paul, who just joined, you mentioned he's our acquisitions guy. Now he's underwriting night and day. And this is really going to transform our business as well, creating opportunity for you. So have a conversation with us as Nighthawk Equity and maybe do both. A lot of people do both. They invest passively and they learn how to do it themselves as well. So hope you guys enjoyed that. We're inspired by the interview with Jared today. Catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, head over to themichaelblanc.com vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault.